Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, the euphoria and stress of thinking and its impact on focus. Before we get to our content, I'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as CHAD, for bringing the show to you. Uh, in celebration of that event, we are excited about giving away free copy, digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, all you have to do is listen to our show. We'll share a keyword a couple times to the show, write it down, then listen to another show uh, for it, the keyword in that one, write that down, and send me an email with both keywords. Email address is attention at attention talk radio. When I get it, um, I will forward on to Chad. We will get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine. And when the next version is printed, um, we will get that to you. So that's that. So we're going to move into the show here in a second, but I got a, a tip uh, I want to share with you from Chad, and we'll go on for the show. Are you looking for podcasts that provide practical information, insightful tips, and strategies for managing ADHD? Chad's ADHD 365 and All Things ADHD podcast will keep you updated on the latest trends, recommendations, and revelations about ADHD. Chad's podcasts will hold your attention while keeping you informed. Subscribe for free and start listening today. Visit chad.org slash podcast. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay. Uh, I'm excited about doing this show because this show, if you really wanted to study it, it's basically a free class. Um, Let's a little. Let's set the table here for a little bit. Uh, my coaching career was transformed back in 2011 when I first interviewed Dr. Russell Barkley on his ADHD construct that uh, ADHD is one of executive function. I've interviewed him several times since then, and really buy into uh, his construct. Basically, he breaks down executive functioning into six thinking tools that are invisible: self-awareness, the mind's mirror, self-restraint, the mind's brakes. Uh, verbal, I mean, visual working memory, which is the mind's eye. Uh, verbal working memory, the mind's voice. Emotional self-regulation, the mind's heart. And the highest level is playing with information in your mind, the mind's playground. We've actually done three shows leading up to this. Uh, ADHD and visual working memory, the mind's eye. ADHD and verbal working memory, the mind's voice. And we also did ADHD playing with information in mind's playground. 
Those are before this. You can go listen to them uh, if you choose. Uh, all these shows are, are designed to to uh, stand alone, but they're also collectively together kind of help you understand kind of what's going on. There's another show that we, I did with uh, Dr. John X. Eastwood, ADHD and Thinking and Mental Effort, which is also useful. The focus of our our this today is I really want to bring aware awareness to thinking, what it is, what the processes of thinking are. And if you've listened to any of the other shows, one of the things that I've really tried to emphasize is when you think about it, thinking is difficult, especially for those with ADHD, so hard that they often just want to escape to something easier. So for me, I like to think of thinking as the problem under the problem. It looks like a focus issue, and it is. However, if you don't address the thinking part, you're probably going to spin your wheels a little bit. And so leading up to today, we've done a lot of um, just talking about working memory and thinking. Um, in our last show, Playing with Information in Our Mind, I had a little tension exercise that we did where I shared seven words uh, gave a pause for people to think in their mind, repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. The point of that exercise was to put people in something that was tangible and they could see how difficult it was uh, to do that. That exercise was very much to help people. Well, the exercise was to say, hey, listen, you're not learning anything new. The seven words that I said were we all knew what they are, and they're something you could visualize, and you know what the alphabetical order is. The idea is you had to play with that information in your mind towards a goal. And I think that's real important because if you, those with ADHD do a lot of thinking, daydreaming, but they have a hard time putting it together towards a goal. And the emphasis of today is to look at the different thinking processes and for you to begin to realize that thinking is difficult and when it's hard, you will have a tendency to escape and go do something else. If you don't address the thinking issue, you're probably always going to escape. Okay, so um, this is a Jeffism. Um, I try to make things as tangible as I can. Uh, I'm going to talk my way through this, but for those that really want to understand this, I did an attention talk video some time ago. If you go to uh, YouTube and you Google, or not Google, you search attention, I'm just this back up. If you search YouTube in the search bar, attention talk video insightful, there will be a video that I did. It's about 12 minutes long. And I use numbers to illustrate what I call the three thinking processes. One is methodical. Methodical is um, thinking through something to solve a problem. The characteristics of it are real simple. You have an issue and you apply a set of rules to that problem. There's a finite number of steps and you will get the right answer every time. In the video I have on YouTube, I used an algebra problem. You're solving for X. If you know the rules of math, uh, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and parentheses, then you can solve that problem and get the right answer every time. Methodical things are great. They're the holy grail of problem solving because you get to the answer. They're easy to schedule. You know how long it's going to take. If you have a thousand word, excuse me, a hundred step algebra problem, you solve it and you get to 50 steps done and you've got to, you're getting interrupted, you can leave and you can come back and you can solve the problem by just by picking up where you left off. 50 steps to go. The other thinking process, another thinking process, is what I call trial and error. 
that's where there's not a methodical set of rules to get the answer. If you uh, were to do a crossword puzzle or Sudoku, um, or if you watch the video that I referenced, there's actually a numbers problem that you do where there's something that you have to do of organizing um, some numbers to, to equal a certain amount. And if you look at that and you watch your thinking process, it's a trial and error process. There's a lot of people with ADHD who love to look at things from perspective, but things that are trial and error, because it's trial and error, you don't know how long it's going to take. Think about it. You don't know how long it's going to take. There's a lot of people with ADHD that I find that do a lot of scheduling to go do a project, and they don't acknowledge that they don't know how long it's going to take. And so they sit down, and maybe they've got a meeting they've got to go to, and so they never really engage themselves because they don't really have the time to do that. Also understand the nature of trial and error is, let's say you sit down and you're, let's go back to the algebra problem. Let's say it takes you 30 minutes to solve that problem. <clears throat> you got interrupted 15 minutes into it. So you're, you did 50 steps from the 100, it's 100 steps, you get 50 of them done, you get interrupted, you leave, you come back and you solve it for 50 steps what's left. If it's trial and error and you haven't solved the problem and you have to leave and come back, Basically, because you forgot all the simulations that you run, in theory, you might actually have to start the process over again. So if you begin to understand trial and error thinking, it's kind of an all-or-nothing process. And a lot of times people with ADHD will sit down and they're, um, they're struggling with stuff uh, because the thinking process is really, really difficult. The third thinking process is a trial and error, but you need an aha. In other words, we, use, we have mental models that we build and we look at certain things, and sometimes our own attention is actually getting in the way of us seeing what an obvious solution is. And so um, sometimes it's trial and error, but sometimes you actually have to look at something differently. If you have sat at your desk and grinded over a problem for a couple hours, you'll notice maybe that you'll actually start finding yourself coming up with solutions that you've already done before. Then you leave and all of a sudden you're in the shower or the middle of the night or on a run or something like that and you get an aha and all of a sudden your problem is solved. The thing about ahas is you can't schedule one for 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. It just doesn't work like that. If we begin to understand thinking, you have methodical thinking, you have trial and error thinking, and you have trial and error thinking where you need to look at it a little bit differently and it's not coming to you. <clears throat> These are three different processes. Rarely do I find people with ADHD understand those processes and begin to schedule and manage those processes uh, based on those processes. So let's do this. I want to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to pick up on this. Um, our secret word tonight is euphoria. Again, euphoria. Um, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change the lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. 
This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking about ADHD and thinking. Uh, we've, we've, we've shared a bunch of other shows that you can go listen to that roll up into this show um, that break thinking down in different kind of components um, and working memory. Before the break, um, I try to talk about what I called three different thinking processes as a process, to understand it as a process so that you can understand what to do. Methodical stuff's the holy grail. If you really understand the steps that you need to do, um, you can go do them and you can get to your answer. All too often I find people with ADHD struggle with trial and error thinking, and they ha- often use methodical uh, systems like time management systems to deal with that, and it doesn't work very well. Um, person with ADHD will kind of get their head into something and they'll be uh, playing with information in their mind and because it took so much effort to boot up all that stuff and they don't have an answer they're not going to get up and go to an appointment Um, they're not conscious of it but um, it's feeling good like they're moving towards the goal solving the problem they don't want to stop because they'll literally have to start over again and so what looks like a time management problem is actually kind of a thinking problem when you think about it so we set the table on those three different ones. Now, let's break that down. This is a, this is a me one. I'm a very conceptual uh, learner. I don't do very well with memorization, um, like steps. So um, I have a portable printer that I take. I do a lot of work um, away from my office now since my kids are gone. And in order to get my portable printer hooked up to the Internet so that I can print wherever I'm working, there's a set number of steps that I need to do with the printer. Well, the problem with it is, is at first, the steps to get connected to the Internet is not very intuitive. In other words, when I read the manual, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I don't do it every day. And when I sit down, it's really methodical, just pushing buttons, a series of buttons the right way, and I get my printer connected. But... I forget those steps, again, because if I read the instructions, they're not really very intuitive. So I find myself getting frustrated. Well, at one point in time, I finally wrote those steps down um, on a piece of paper, and I taped it to the top of the printer. My point here really is when it comes to methodical things, for me, I have a difficulty reminding details. And so what I have to do is I need to have the instructions so that I don't have to retrieve them. I've done some shows before where I talked about uh, packing lists. My son and I were, uh, my older son and I were heavily into Boy Scouts. We did a lot of camping. And most people, when you pack, you have to begin to think about what you need to take. What he and I did is we made a list of every piece of camping equipment we had in the house. What would happen is we were going to camp and we'd print off the list. And if we're going backpacking, we would go through the list and cross off everything that, that we didn't need that would be for car camping, like I'm not going to take an axe backpacking. And then what was left, we went and got it, and we put it into our backpack. And that situation, you can see I relieved myself of the thinking and the methodical process because I had to, I had to set that up. <clears throat> I ended up getting my MBA, um, which interesting enough, I got it in finance. Uh, what was difficult for me was accounting. Also, grammar is difficult for me because there's lots of rules, I before E except after C. When I'm spelling, I can't recall all those methodical steps. Accounting has a lot of rules. I struggle with the recall of that. 
Finance was fascinating to me because I'm a very conceptual thinker. I'm very much about relationships and how relationships and pattern changes over time. Since I conceptually understand that a little bit, I don't have to retrieve the methodical knowledge for me to figure out a problem. So I found finance to be a haven. In fact, I think I took 18 hours and missed one question. Um, and I was somebody who probably couldn't have gone to college had I not been a, a scholarship athlete. Um, again, this is just a thinking process. If you So that's methodical. That's one of the issues with regard to methodical. And the thing about it is if you have ADHD and you're going to do the, like the printer thing is you have to sit down and you have to go through the effort to do that. It's really tedious and it's really, really boring, and typically they want to escape. Um, this will happen a lot of times, too, in work settings where people have a lot of processes that they have to do. Um, a nurse often is like this, where there's protocols they have to do at different times, and if they don't do them all the time, they can't recall them, and they don't really know where they made the list, or it's in a binder or online somewhere, and it's hard to find, and because it's difficult, they escape that. Um, so I think that this is a, a bit of a challenge, and some are overwhelmed because if you're in a job that requires a lot of procedural type stuff and you have a hard time recalling those steps, it's, it's, it's a thinking problem and a thinking challenge uh, that one needs to solve. So that's that piece of it. Let's move on to trial and error thinking. <clears throat> trial and error thinking, I like to, that is, again, you're, it's a trial and error process where you're trying to solve a problem. How this really shows up is a lot of times I find people with ADHD, they're, they're trying to problem solve, and they're running simulations in your mind. A real easy way to maybe identify with this is if, you've got, if you're in a relationship or you've got an issue with somebody at work that you need to convince of something. You've got to persuade them to do something. You've got to sell them to do something, or you've got to do something to change your mind. A lot of times what will happen is you're thinking about what the argument is. And trying to come up with that, and when you come up with arguments, you'll, sometimes you'll imagine how that person will interpret your argument. Um, you'll have a really good idea, maybe write it down, and then you read it as if you're other person because it's hard to interpret it as the other person while you're getting those words out. And you'll go, okay, they're not going to get what I meant. And so you'd have to rewrite it and rewrite it and reread it and reread it. And whatever you end up doing, you skip out of that. So what happens is you go home. And you find yourself at night where you're not able to go to sleep because emotionally you're trying to solve this problem because it's either going to help you get you what you want or solve a problem. And your mind is just grinding 100 miles an hour trying to solve this and um, you're struggling and you don't go to sleep. Uh, you don't sleep very well. Again, there's an emotional reaction to trying to solve this problem. You're going through trial and error scenarios, and you're having a real difficulty kind of coming up with that problem, and it creates an issue. Then you're sleep-deprived the next day. I'm sure a few of you can identify with this. The idea here really is to understand that's a trial and error thinking process. Well, what do you do? Well, I have found a lot that people with ADHD, it helps a lot for them to bounce ideas off other people, to sort through this in a goal-directed behavior. Often they talk out loud with people anyway. It comes off as venting as opposed to somebody saying, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? What are you trying to do? So that it's a little bit more goal-directed. But I find a lot of people with ADHD struggle with this trial and error process in order to come up maybe with that aha where they're going to be able to do this and get the other person to kind of finally be convinced to get what they want. Uh, so we can begin to see how this manifests in the world, and the idea really here is 
is is really talking this out. Another area that I find is that if you think about organization, it's a two-step process. Step number one is you need to choose the organizational process, and then step two is you need to organize within that process. For example, let's say that you're head of sales and you have a product for small business, medium business, and large business, and you have different territories by state. You can have your salespeople become experts on all three products and just stay in the state and sell the product to all size companies. Or you could have product specialists, one that are really good at small business, one at medium business, and one at large business, but they go all over the country for all the different states. The question is, which one makes the most sense? Both have their problems, both have their assets. But it's a trial and error process to go through which one really makes some sense for you first. Then once you pick it, then you organize within it. All too often I find people with ADHD, they just jump into organizing because um, they actually haven't thought through what makes some sense because they're not able to visualize the future, which is, again, go we'll back to the visual imagery, mind's eye uh, thing. So often it's helpful for them to sit down and diagram or think through which organizational process makes some sense. By the way, this is a big issue for me on the Internet. Uh, I get those apps out there all the time that promise some things, but um, I need somebody to demonstrate it for me to see how it would be used first because all too often I spend too much time going through the education to find out it sounded really, really good but doesn't conform to my thinking process or my behavior, and so it doesn't really work. Okay, I'm looking at time. Um, we need to get to another commercial break. Um, we'll continue the conversation after this is over with. Hopefully, the break will give you some time to process this a little bit because we're covering a lot of material, but I'm hoping that we are bringing some awareness to the thinking process and you can begin to identify what some of your challenges are and maybe why some of those tips, tricks, and strategies aren't working based off thinking problems. Our secret word is euphoria, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are... uh we have been taking a look, a really hard look at thinking um, and the components of working memory, the challenges of thinking in your mind. They begin to understand self-regulation or focus problems. In other words, the issue under the issue that often uh, isn't direct addressed head on. 
what I hope I'm doing is breaking this thing into components to make them a little bit tangible so a person can begin to identify and see what is at issue and can problem solve around that. <clears throat> at the beginning of the program, we started talking about methodical thinking, trial and error thinking, and aha thinking, the need for an insight. Uh, in the mid part of the, the program, we started taking a look at the components and some of the challenges of them individually and how that would manifest and maybe trying to deal with it. Um, and understanding what's going on. Um, now I want to kind of just just talk a little bit about um, the ADHD brain and and thinking, and then just start talking about you know what do you do and, and just mindsets in order to manage this. Um, the, the the title of the show is the euphoria and the stress of thinking. The, one thing that has struck me. Um, and I have no science on this, everybody, but I've been surprised at the number of people that I have coached over the years that are really perspective um, addicts. They love to look at things from different perspectives. Some of them really get caught up in politics. Um, again, there's no science on this. This is just my experience. But I swear to God, I think there's a disproportionate number of people with ADHD that are in psychology because there's always different ways to look at it. It's really type of fascinating. Uh, they like cultures. They like travel. Um, uh, I've had people that I wrote that were writers, and you know they keep they have a concept they want to write, and they rewrite it every day because there's a different perspective to look at it. Like think of it like this: there's you have a half a glass of water. Well, half full, half empty. Just half a glass of water. The density is half the volume. I mean, there's a gazillion ways to write that, and there's no one way to write it where everybody will be. We'll, we'll get what you're saying. Sometimes people with ADHD that are creative, they're, they're, they're trying to communicate something. They want everybody to see it their way, which is impossible, but they get lost and they go around and around in circles, and you can begin to see that there's a trial and error, and they're searching for that aha that everybody's going to get. And what they do is they call themselves a perfectionist, and at the end of the day, that it's just what they're seeking is just it doesn't exist. Um, again, that's a narrow swatch, but – Needless to say, is, is there's a euphoria to this when you see something that's different. So we, they like thinking, but the stress and the anxiety of getting there often is something that they escape um, and they never really get to. Um, or they're doing a lot of thinking on their own when they really need to interact with, with other people. In general, in general, by and large, uh, and I don't like generalities, is when people are learning – or they're putting something together organizationally, or they're trying to collect their thoughts um, on the inside, trial and error side, um, that's where they do best interacting with groups. Once they see the path, and it's more methodical, in general, they have a better chance of getting there. So let's talk about this um, in school. A lot of students will pick a topic, and there's a topic but they don't have the storyline. They don't have a way of looking at it. Uh, they're lost. And I'll tell you, uh, my son, my younger son doesn't have ADD, but he was taking an economics class uh, his junior year high school, and he had to do a paper and on economics. And he picked, um, you know, how if you lower taxes, revenue increases. He just picked the topic. And I said, you know, I don't think you should do that. You should ask yourself, what are we learning in the class, and what are the relevant concepts? Anyway, what he ended up doing was he did a bunch of research, and when he sat down to write the paper, he didn't really 
he was lost. He was overwhelmed. He didn't know where to start. As I said, there really wasn't a story. Well, because of my background, um, if you take a look at demands – by the way, you don't have to understand the economics for this. But if you take a look at the elasticity of demand, if it slopes a certain way, then yes, you can lower taxes. It will increase revenue. But if it's not sloped the right way, it won't work. And I had suggested, you know, if you walk in and say, because of demand elasticity, it can work this way, that way, and you def define the concept, and then you go out and you say, listen, this is something Reagan and Trump were trying to do it, and then you go into the research, there's a path, it all falls into line, and a lot of times people with ADHD, they need help with that, and what happens is they're writing a paper, and this is a metaphor, they have the topic and they wait until the deadline, and then they just throw things together kind of last second because they have to. As I talk to people, as with students, you need to understand what the storyline is before you pick the topic. Because if you do, and you have a path, it's much more methodical for you to get there. Now, again, this is a generalization, but a lot of times people with ADHD, they need to stop and they need to spend more time on the bigger picture to figure out the path that they're going on or where they're headed, and sometimes it's best done with other people in a collective, maybe more collaborative environment. Once they have that down, they don't always need other people to do those things. Um, that might not be the case if it's a real boring task, like uh, executing something that's uh, maybe moving data uh, from table to table or something like that. But if it's got some type of excitement, euphoria, or it's of interest to them, they typically don't have a problem with it. And our world today, um, the digital world is pushing us um, into means that are much more challenging. If you listen to the show on working memory, the shows, I talk about the booting up process. When you sit down and you're dealing with a concept, you have to fit, load it up in your mind. It's like booting up your computer. And our world today, people often will, hey, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm going to send an email to somebody, and they do. You get it. You read it. And you have to boot your mind up to it. Think about the concept, and you have to respond to it. Then it goes to them. Circles back to you. Now you have to spend some time reacquainting yourself with what we were talking about, where you are, and where they're going. Again, think of this as something complicated. That effortfulness of reengaging your mind to get your head around it is, again, a booting up and a booting down in terms of working on topics. That conversation by email sometimes will last you about a week. It was convenient for the person to originally send the email, but at the end of the day, it creates more work often, whereas if you would have got on the phone the next day, a conversation sometimes is very efficient in terms of learning. Our world is moving more towards the convenience and actually increasing the amount of work that's kind of going on. <clears throat> I know the world is the world the way it is, but often we need to advocate for ourselves and find ways to call the meeting to try to get to the end um, to advocate for ourselves. A lot more on that another time. I don't really have time for that. And again, these are my opinions based off of my experience helping people with ADHD. But to expect your mind to be able to just think harder and do this without these types of advocating for yourself, I haven't really found to work over the long term very well. Well, I guess I could go on to this for forever, but I guess I need to pull, kind of pull this thing together. My point in my shows, all of them related to this, and a lot of the prerequisites or the things that I reference are in the description of the show. Um, you can go link and go back and listen to those. It's number one, thinking is a lot of executive functioning. Thinking inside of your head is very difficult. It's exceptionally difficult. 
the general mindset is you've got to make thinking easier so you don't escape. As a general rule, you try to think outside of your head as best you can. We also begin to understand the difference between a methodical thinking process and a trial and error process and an aha process, and you have to manage those accordingly. So if you've got something that's trial and error, you might want to get somewhere and brainstorm with people to bounce ideas, to get perspective on it, to decide what really makes a lot of sense. If it's a methodical system, like for me, I, do, I have a lot of methodical stuff like the, the Boy Scout packing list and other things that I've done over a period of time that I've just tried to make it where I tried to remove the thinking from it to make it really easy. These are the mindsets that I have found are helpful for those with ADHD. One last comment related to all of this is, is people with ADHD, they come to me and we, I talk to them about their cognitive constraints and their cognitive behavior drives their behavior. And one of the things that when I'm working with them, I help them understand what works for them. Whenever I'm coaching somebody and they're getting ready to go out in the world, my, the thing is you have to remember it's convenient for society if you do it their way. I don't want burlesque bills. I want them coming in the mail. From a thinking perspective, it takes the thought out of it for me. If I've got to go find a bill online, I've got to remember my username and password. I've got to think. I've got to find it on the website. It's exhausting to me. When I get paper bills, they come in the mail. Again, some of you might not like this. For me, they come in the mail. I don't have to go get them. I open them. I have a trash can under my mailbox. I take them in. They sit down. I open one website. I pay all my bills on that one website. It's exceptionally simple. But I'm bullied. I'm constantly reminded that I can get paperless bills. The point really is, is it's convenient for them if I get paperless bills. And I've been bullied for the last 10 years over this. And it's not going to end. I'm advocating for myself. I don't want wireless, I mean, paperless bills. I want the paper because it's my system. Because it takes the thinking out of it and helps me focus. Okay. I hope that this has created some awareness for you. I hope it's given you pause to think. I ultimately hope that you'll actually understand that this is a bit of a challenge and a tip, trick, or strategy might work sometimes in a situation, but a lot of times it's not working because it's not dealing with the underlying issue. Bringing an education to this and understanding the components, I hope, is a step in the right direction. So with that, I hope that you've enjoyed this. Our secret word tonight is euphoria. Again, our secret word tonight is euphoria. And again, many of the other shows that relate to this are in the description if you'd like to go back and listen to them. And with that, I hope you found this valuable. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.